Our next two guests wrote an article talking about the rising cost of living now starting to change our consumer habits and eroding brand loyalty. People looking to just save some money and seek more cost-effective alternatives. We have two guests. Our first is a professor and associate dean of engagement and inclusion at the Ted Rogers School of Management at the Toronto Metropolitan University, Dr. Mark Lee. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we have your co-author joining us as well, a lecturer at the Ted Rogers School of Retail Management, also from the Toronto Metropolitan University, Omar Fares. Omar, thanks so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Chelsea, good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, I think this is interesting to, to kind of study and look into. Um, you know, we saw earlier this year Kleenex saying that they were going to uh, they were going to eliminate themselves from the market. That's a company that when I think brand loyalty and brand recognition, we literally call tissues by the name Kleenex. So we are starting to really see some changes in the marketplace with the way that people are purchasing and what people are choosing to buy. Let's clarify exactly what's going on. Dr. Lee, I'll start with you. Um, just kind of clarify the the crunch that a lot of people are really feeling with this increased cost of living. Sure. Uh, with the increased cost of living, it's definitely affecting how we consume and what choices that we're making. We always have a preference towards particular brands, but as sort of money becomes tighter and our, we have to think about our budgets, we're starting to use um, things like coupons or discounts or looking out for deals, which necessarily means that we're not always gravitating towards the brands that we typically have gotten before. Mm. Um, there's also private label brands, maybe like no-name brands or PC or Kirkland from Costco that we may be leaning more towards because uh, now we're, our budget's getting tighter. We're looking more more value out of our grocery items. Omar, why is brand loyalty something that's so important for retailers? I mean, there's, there's the obvious that these brands want to make money. Yeah. They want to keep consumers. But is there a little bit more to it than that? Yeah, sure. So uh, a few things. Um, you know, when you have a strong brand following, you would spend a little bit less on advertising. You wouldn't have to push rather customers get gravitated towards uh, your brand, you know, for, you know, you mentioned a good example, you know, the Kleenex, uh, we, you know, catch up the first thing we think of is mm-hmm. a particular brand, right? So you, you don't have to push as much. And obviously this in return, more sales and more bottom line profits. And in the current era uh, we're in, we're all about customer retention. How do we keep customers buying? How do we keep them looking uh, for the same product at the same place at the same time? So uh, absolutely, and over time, uh, the erosion of loyalty uh, will change uh, the marketplace in a bigger picture. Dr. Lee, you mentioned a few brands that um, that I think of as food brands. Kirkland, for example, is a big one. What are, are some brands or some industries that are seeing the biggest consumer drop-off or the biggest switchover from consumers going from maybe a recognizable brand to maybe more of a no-name or a generic version? I think we're definitely seeing it more in grocery stores. And uh, many of these companies like Loblaws or Sobeys, they have their own private label brands. And they're often cheaper than the manufacturer brands that we may see. And with these brands, when uh, people are going out there looking at their grocery costs, uh, they're finding ways to uh, minimize their spending 
by gravitating towards these uh, no-name brands or uh, private label brands that uh, grocery stores are holding. So we're definitely see- starting to see some shifts in that regard. And uh, when we're thinking about items like pasta, when we're th- uh, thinking items like um, sometimes uh, like pasta, we may not necessarily uh, have a preference towards having our particular brand. So we're now gravitating more towards the cheaper option or what's on discount or what coupons are available at that time. It, it seems obvious to me that people would be kind of making this shift in this transition when it comes to something like your groceries, but are we seeing similar trends when it comes to the things that we express ourselves with outwardly? Because I'm not seeing any less, you know, luxury designers or brand names when I'm on social media. Is that starting to see a little bit of a change or are we experiencing this really weird pendulum swing where we're saving money in other areas and and spending in others? Omar, what do you say to that? Yeah, so a, a few things. So first, uh, you know, the differentiation with retail or day-to-day products uh, that are less hedonic, as in, you know, less less luxurious, mm-hmm. this is where we'll see the big shift. You know, one of the key trends is we're seeing Canadians and, you know, in unprecedented number, can provide uh, the basic items, right, for their families. So when it comes to this, obviously the key answer is, you know what, let's put the brand we prefer aside mm. and let's get what we can afford. And it's a very tough situation in this regard. Now, on the other end, there is a little bit of a shift uh, from more luxurious items. However, this is less significant just given different income caliber and the whole bit, right? So, yes, uh, there is a difference in how this is trending. But uh, if I were to say kind of a, an overall market trend, overall, the key word is value shopping. Dr. Lee, in the article that that you both wrote talking about this, um, you write about the digital landscape playing a role in this too. Can you expand on that? Yes. I we're starting to have more information available to the consumers. The consumers are being more empowered to make decisions. No longer it's about just walking into a store and deciding what's there for them. They can do prior research. They can look for these discounts and coupons, and there are apps that show you where there are discounts in certain food items that they're looking to get. So the online tools have allowed us to have these price comparison, uh, the, uh, the access to more information, giving consumers ways to save uh, and pre-plan their uh, outing. Mm. Omar, do customers come back? Is there a way that these brands can sort of try to regenerate a little bit of loyalty? Yes, yes, there are clear ways. So one, and we kind of posed a few of these in the article, one is the idea of dynamic pricing. Uh, we're, in the, we're in very, very tough economical times. Every, the cost of living is higher, inflation, the whole bit, right? Uh, so dynamic pricing, well, general idea is changing pricing based on demand in certain locations, certain areas. That's one. A second piece is working with the point system or loyalty programs that brings customers back to say, you know what? Stay with us and we'll give you points that are personalized to your needs at whatever stage you're in to support you staying with the brand. And I think for brands that recognize the importance of this versus the cost of having the loyalty programs in place, they will be the beneficiaries for the very long run versus brands who ignore and decide to say, you know what? It's, it is what it is. It's tough economy for everyone. Mm. So I think brands that push for loyalty programs 
and push for dynamic prices, uh, pricing and push to show value of the products they have in their stores, these will be the winners. There is still, I think, some brand loyalty that exists for some people. Yeah. As we're having this conversation, um, our, our listeners are texting in, and I'm wondering if uh, if you can address this message. Someone saying, brand loyalty is going the way of the dodo, but there are a few things that you just can't compromise on. This listener saying, I can't bring myself to buy anything other than French's ketchup because they use Canadian tomatoes. Other little things to me like Coca-Cola, Mr. Noodles. I can't buy the knockoff brand or no-name stuff for those things. Pretty much everything else, yes, but there are a few exceptions due to cost. Dr. Lee, is there really a big difference when it comes to the generic versions of these of these foods or is it really just is it in our heads? Uh, no, I think it really depends on what you're looking for. And uh, I think the listeners are absolutely right. Some people cannot compromise on certain types of ketchup or certain types of soft drinks, and they can actually taste the difference. Uh, when we're talking about maybe um, Advil or Tylenol, we know that the generic brands are very much the same as the manufacturer brands. However, when we think about um, TC Cola versus Coca-Cola, I can see how some people may have difficulty in uh, transitioning into the generic brands, and maybe that saving is not worth the cost of sacrificing the taste. Mm. So it doesn't mean that consumers are all shifting away from their regular brands that they purchase, but it's definitely certainly in the top of their mind um, as they think about, is there an alternative substitute that I can get for this particular product that would allow me to save some money? Mark, Omar, thank you both so much for making the time this afternoon to talk about this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chelsea. Of Got course. It. Thanks for having us. Of course, anytime. That's Dr. Mark Lee, Professor and Associate Dean of Engagement and Inclusion at the Ted Rogers School of Management out of the Toronto Metropolitan University. And then also from the Toronto Metropolitan University, uh, Omar Ferris, who's a lecturer at the Ted Rogers School of Retail Management, who we've spoken to many times before.